Welcome to the Headless Hangouts podcast. We are a community from around the world inspired by the philosopher Douglas Harding. To find out more and to join in on the conversation, please visit www.headless.org. Enjoy. Here we go. A group of friends not knowing what we're doing. <laughs> so uh, I'm Richard, and uh, more of my friends, some of you uh, will know them, some won't know. And uh, we don't know what we're going to say today. We're just going to be aware of this open space, this I am, and see what emerges out of this one opening. So uh, we thought we might uh, introduce ourselves. Uh, I'm Richard, you know, I'm in London, and I came across seeing. Uh, 1970, met Douglas Harding, and uh, have been uh, looking here on and off ever since, uh, finding out what it means. So, um, Bill, would you like to go first, just to introduce yourself? And uh... okay, hi, uh, my name's Bill. Um, I've known Richard a long time. I knew Douglas for a while, and. Uh, this is always great to meet up with friends and uh, just see what's on the what's on the boil for them and uh, share share what's going on from this emptiness. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, Karen in America. <clears throat> Greetings from Connecticut. I'm, uh, enjoy I'm looking forward to today's conversation, um, having just gone through the holidays while being sick. So there was a tremendous amount of um, activity in my house and uh, a, a real struggle to, to uh, be present. <clears throat> and it, having the headless experience, it, it was almost an enforced headless experience because I had no extra energy for my ego to project me. I could only just manage being present. And I, I, I recalled often in the past when I have been slammed with a bad flu or cold, I have liked myself better uh, and, and have even made the prayer when I get well, can my ego still stay sick? <laughs> um, and now I realize it's not that I wanted it to be sick, it's that I wanted to not, well, I didn't have the energy to project who I was and my opinions and, you know, kind of just the repartee engagement that I normally feel obliged or compelled to do. I only had energy to just be space and it was uh, kind of amazing to go through the whole holidays that way even with 30 people in the house I realized no one missed my <laughs> pushing myself on them uh, and there was so much love you know in the in the house at the end of the night when people were leaving it was just five minutes of people hugging each other and not you know a, a second hug a third hug and and there was just so much uh, warmth and love and, and for everyone. And I, I realized it was, I kind of got into the headless space and realized I did not have to respond when someone even spoke to me. I could just look at them and smile, it, it, which is all that I had the energy to do. But it was more than sufficient. So that was really a wonderful lesson for the holidays. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Mary? Unmuting. Uh, yes, I've, um, I live in Perth in Western Australia with my husband Sam. And we came across the Headless Way when Richard gave a workshop in 2005 here at the invitation of a couple of friends of ours. And after many years of seeking and being on the path and having a spiritual life and all that, it was um, 
the pointy experiment just pointed back to home where I had completely overlooked the obvious. <laughs> so it was a great relief and also very funny at the time. Great, thank you. Well, Sam? Yes, I'm Mary's husband. Um, we're, I'm downstairs, she's upstairs. We have to separate because otherwise our our sound gets mixed up. But um, uh, yes, well, I, I'm very grateful for to, to Richard for showing me this. It's been an amazing uh, relief, uh, resource, uh, source of entertainment, constant challenge, and a, a wonderful um, unfolding uh, as I've stayed with it. It's um, it never gets old. It never. It's always, it's always new. Uh, it's never never different. <laughs> it's never the same. So. Uh, the most wonderful, wonderful treasure. It's like winning the lottery. Brilliant, thank you. Uh, Katerina? Hi, um, Katerina, normally from uh, Holland uh, speaking, but now um, yesterday uh, France came uh, to me. <laughs> it was a real wonderful uh, journey we had from a snowy uh, Holland uh, in a nice quiet and dry France and it all came to us uh, very smoothly so it was wonderful and now um, we're in France and um, I met Douglas the first time uh, in 1772 uh, and uh, it, it has been a long journey of looking and seeing and not seeing and doing all different uh, things and uh, it's still a journey. Great, thank you Catherine. And uh, Karen? Karen, then you have to unmute. <laughs> yeah, so unmuted. Um, I'm in Holland too, still in the snow, and uh, um, I discovered the head this way about three years ago, and uh, experiments are astonishing, I think. The tr all trace of doubt disappeared, and uh, like Mary said, it's the end of the spiritual life, but uh, I think a, a, a true spiritual life uh, started then, and that's very ordinary, very ordinary, just seeing what is from this space that I am, what appears every moment, and uh, that that is so, and it's wonderful. It's no journey, and it is a journey, and it keeps on being tremendously interesting. And also sharing it with you guys. I have this ear thing that falls out, but anyway, okay, <laughs> I'm good. Thank you, thank you. So we'll just uh, uh, see what happens, being aware of this one space. Lovely to share the space with you all. Yes. This, this, Richard, this is being recorded and archived, correct? So that other yeah. people might enjoy it. I was thinking in case people have no clue what we're talking about, if they've come across this video, it might be useful to at least do the uh, pointing experiment at yeah. the beginning so that people want, don't have to wonder what we're talking about. Would you like to take us through it, Karen? <clears throat> I, was, uh, I was thinking you would probably respond thusly. <laughs> <laughs> so, unless someone else volunteers. Go for it. Okay. All right, then. Begin by picking a point, uh, any point of the wall or the furthest distance that you can see. And actually, you have to do it. You can't just listen. You have to actually do this because this is your instrument of enlightenment. <laughs> um, point to a spot, a, a thing. I'm looking at a tree. And whatever it is you're looking at, you notice that it has a shape. It has a form and a color, probably a substance that you're aware of, <clears throat> and even a texture you may be aware of. 
So just take that form in for a moment. And notice the gap between where your finger is and the object. Now come midway between the two points, between you and that distant point. Point at something closer. And again, do the same observation of its shape, its color. You might imagine its texture as a function. I'm looking at a road. <clears throat> now come to the floor. Point on the floor. And again, you know that to be a thing, defined shape, color, form, texture. Just observe it. Now come to your body and point to your foot, which you know well. Take in the shape of your foot, color, maybe even wiggle it. There it is. It is an it. Now point to your knee. It's probably covered. <laughs> But you know it's there. Or look at the whole shape that you're looking at, the texture, the thingness of it. It's a definable object. Now come up to the middle of your chest. You can still see. Point to your chest. And look down at all you can see. See the form, the shape, color. You may even have a sensation of it. Now bring your finger up and point to the place from which you are looking out of. And for me, I'm pointing to a place without form, without shape, without texture, without color. And yet, it is filled with everything that we have been pointing at. Thank you. Thank you. Now, everyone has the experience. It may, it may blow you away or it may just be amusing or it may be totally insignificant to you. Uh, for me it was well I'm lacking words <laughs> but there are words in Douglas Harding's book Head Off Stress which I'm reading that I just came across the other day when he did the finger pointing experiment and he said look now at your immensity Look from your immensity. What nuclear blast can match this quiet explosion? <laughs> and that's what it was for me. A sudden understanding of, of who I am before I was even born. So it was a very strong moment that suddenly made me understand all of the spiritual books and teachings and study that I had been doing for the seven years prior. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. I, I'm going to suggest people just unmute their mic and then you can respond when you like unless we get lots of sound. Okay. Yes, what a, an amazingly simple journey from form to the formless. And you get home, like you're saying, Karen, and then I've switched to them. You get home to this point, and everything is here. What a blessing. I'm surprised after doing it so many times. You know, every time like this time is, is like, again, seeing it for the first time. Mm. And discovering it for the first mm. time and seeing yeah. that it really is so and it's 
so amazing. Hmm. It never is boring in the sense of, oh gosh, well, you know, at the start I think, oh gosh, we're going to do it again. But the moment <laughs> I really look. <laughs> uh, uh, <coughs> really? So it makes everything fresh and new, doesn't it? Every time you look. Lucy, you're talking about being in these social situations over Christmas. Uh, I had to go to um, the family of my daughter's husband. Um, and to be really surrounded by people who, who needed to fill the silence um, and who would search somewhat desperately to find a topic um, and to have this place to come to where it's okay what they're doing is okay and whatever you choose to do is okay because there's no judgment here mm. and that for me is such a beauty that, that here I am released from the necessity to judge. Mm. But only here. You know, the world is full and necessarily full of judgment, isn't it? Otherwise mm. we don't. Discrimination has its place. But how, how wonderful to be allowed to come back home to this place where one is happy, one's fine, one's nothing to gain, nothing to lose. And, and in those situations, one, no one does appreciate the pain of compulsive social talking. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really a, a mm -hmm. stressful thing to have to do. Mm. Yes, it's lovely just to be able to be present. And the yeah. other thing I find is that people, I don't find people are made uncomfortable by one's silence if one just stays with this and is attentive. It's not like you're being withdrawn or, or withholding yourself in any way. In fact, just the opposite. You're actually, it's like you're bestowing a benediction on the proceedings just by noticing who's noticing it. And that, that too is a kind of um, a relief. And then whatever, and then of course you do participate, you do say things, but it's not, as you say, Bill, from that, that feeling of, of being obliged to it. It's because it's just an expression of, of what's going on. It's part of, you know, just like, all of those little ones are talking, your little one will talk too. So it is lovely in, in, in social situations. I, I find it, it is absolutely a very wonderful resource. And we make this so quickly into an attitude. But if one just points here, and as Douglas used to say, that I'm built open, I'm built open. And how do you find it is for you? Are you built open? No choice. Or are you not? And what I find, whenever I just choose to do this, is I'm built open. Whatever my attitude, and as, so that's what, it seems to me that's the difference between having an open attitude and actually being built open. It's non-discretionary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yes, and in public it's kind of a little weird to be doing this a lot, so I, <laughs> I find that I can do it, you know? Okay. Oh, yeah. It would look a little so, odd if I was to do that. <laughs> well, you can rub your eyes or something, you know. <laughs> it, yes, I, I used to have my hair short, but now that it's long, I find it's very useful. <laughs> I find these social situations are so much easier since I've been it was because I can just sit back and really enjoy the gathering of people and look around and just enjoy being with people and I don't need to say much. Um, I'm often, I'm kind of, since Hedges have also become aware of how we play roles or we have certain roles to play, like I have a certain body and a certain setup and um, I'm in a have a certain job and certain position in life, and I'm in this society in Western Australia. So there's certain things that I just do, and it's become more like fulfilling a role. It's not me. It's not particular right. to me, but it's just the part of the setup 
that I found myself, I have a body, I'm here in this body, I have this view out and this is the setup for it. So you go along to family do's and you sit there and your Auntie Mary or um, and it's really nice. People have a certain attitude to you but but it's really great to be part of these family groups and just to appreciate being there with them. Yeah, there's a, it's funny too, isn't it? To be Auntie Mary mm. or Grandpa Bill, as I am, that's <laughs> <laughs> amusing. And one feels not the least inclined to challenge it or, or uh, be worried about it. It's yeah. not taken seriously, is it? Mm. Mm. Yes, I find it so interesting to uh, to talk with people, really, to have um, things you, you have together and uh, you find new people and new views. And, uh, it's all so interesting because I'm not in the way. Mm. Mm. That's a good, yes, you're not in the way. Mm -hmm. mm. That's, that's exactly the feeling of relief from my own ego I have. I felt mm -hmm. over well being sick, just relief. Yeah. I was just standing in line waiting for the, to place an order for some soup at a restaurant. <clears throat> and a woman who I vaguely know enough to say hello <clears throat> came up and I said, Oh, I said, Merry Christmas and she said, Oh well I'm I'm agnostic, you know. Um, and normally I would have well, have a doubtful Christmas then. You know, I mean, I would have tried to you know, say something, haha, you know, and I just didn't have the energy. And I just looked at her and let her be an agnostic, you know. And, and then she looked back at me with a little curiosity because I was just there. And Why aren't you fighting me? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm offering you a debate, you know, and I'm, I don't have the energy. <laughs> and I don't care what you are, and it's just like nice to see you and smile into your face. And, and then she smiled at me, and, and uh, then I just said, what are you doing for Christmas? You know, and then, of course, she was doing a whole Christmas thing. Um, Agnostic or not, she has a family and a dog, and <laughs> and then she just started like just opening up and, and becoming happy and telling me about her dog she found at a shelter, and, you know, just and and she, I know she was thinking, wow, this is really nice because she was expressing that happiness that just has been happy, you know. And I just, all I said was Merry Christmas. <laughs> it was really nice. It was, it was, and you just used the word, Sam, uh, a benediction, you know, and it felt like that. It, it didn't feel like I personally was giving a benediction, but that there was grace in the moment um, by, by having just being space for it instead of uh, directing it. So. Yes, it strikes me as you're talking, Karen, how simple it is. Because I, I was listening to you, looking at you on the screen, and I just thought, face to no face. Mm -hmm. How simple is that? I mean, gosh, what a relief. And, uh, and yesterday and today I've had this feeling that uh, realizations I've had recently are away. And, and then I had this very comforting thought that new ones will come. Mm. And, uh, and then I was just aware, all it is, is just, you don't mm. see your head. You, it, it, remove this burden, as it were, from my shoulders. Gosh, mm. I mean, mm. how simple is that? I, no head, mm. no head. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. And to be with someone and just have no head, you know, just face to no face, it is so kind of a relief. Like Bill says, you don't have to have anything prepared, or really, you know, or like you're in the in the line there with the, the person. 
Beautiful. <laughs> Especially with family. Eh? Family relationships can be so loaded with the past and gosh, all the experiences you went through and judgment and and then just dropping the whole thing and being space, just as you say, Richard. It's such a fresh and open start. Uh, and uh, it's beautiful and it's like dropping a burden it's 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 not here there's nothing here and then there's just the other person as he or she appears in that moment yes I love this uh, video uh, hangout format because I see myself in as a, on the screen there uh, with all of you and uh, here is this openness and it, it you're all happening in it and uh, I, it places so uh, physically Richard amongst you all and then hmm. uh, yes Isn't that amazing? I mean, one space, and then it seems many views out. Yes. Yes. Hmm. And many voices. Many voices telling all these experiences, stories, from their particular point of view. Mm. It's so beautiful. There's um, uh, one of the one of the things I find myself doing uh, quite a lot, really, because I have a, a background as a, a brought up in a Christian family, and I and uh, people of my age really got it fairly fairly frequently and in quite large doses. So I've got a lot of um, offhand knowledge of, of bits and bobs of spirituality, and um, thinking about that thing where where. In, in Christian terms, not only Christian terms, they say that God is all-knowing. Now, that always made me extremely uncomfortable. You know, I didn't want God to know what I was up to a lot of the time. <laughs> but if, you, if one transposes this, then what it becomes is each moment is authorized. Each moment is a spiritual moment. There is no separate spiritual life that all of life is played out within the spirit, if you want to call it that, this one. And one, one speaks from different positions. Sometimes one's speaking as a, as a, as a, as a person. Someone's, sometimes one's speaking as a family member uh, or as an employee. And sometimes one's speaking as the Almighty. Mm. When, and, and, and in that sense, one has access to this, again, unbounded yes, which is here. And that one authorizes and, and penetrates the, everything. There is nowhere that is opaque to the spirit. So, so all of a sudden, God knows everything. It's just everything is okay. Mm. And it's, it, I, I find increasingly that if one just hangs on to those teachings that have been around for a, a thousand or two years, bang, once in a while one understands one. And it's not what one thought at all. I don't know if, if that's... Of course, I know some of us are fonder of religion than others, you know. <laughs> so, well, uh, you know, that, that is, a, that is a, a theistic way of, of expressing it, but there, there are other... There's a, a beautiful way of, of saying it from the Zen tradition, which is saying exactly the same thing uh, from Dogen uh, Zenji. He said, the moon is the same old moon, the trees are the same old trees, but I've become the thingness of all the things I see. Right. Mm. And, and he talked about, uh, he said, uh, you know, enlightenment is, is, is intimacy with all things, which is what, exactly what you said in, in different words. And it's like we have the inside story of everything. And we, we are completely one with that which knows everything, by which everything is known. 
it's a different way of, it doesn't mean that we know everything. Like, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what's on the other side of that. You know, I don't know what's out there in the dark. But whatever is known is known by this, that I am. So in that sense, I am am omniscient. It's cool. I, I get to have the experience of surprise and, and not knowing stuff while at the same time being omniscient. It's great. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah, that's a real nice juxtaposition of uh, ways of speaking. <laughs> the beautiful thing is with this, though, I mean, I can completely understand the theistic way of talking, and, and, and I, I really value it. I mean, it's lovely. It's not something that I, like, unlike you, I wasn't brought up in that tradition, and, um, you know, I have quite a, probably a critique of, of, of a lot of, um, you know, uh, belief-based religion. It's just, uh, but... The, nevertheless, that doesn't mean that I can't understand what someone like uh, Thomas Traherne or um, Matt, um, Meister Eckhart is, is talking about when, when they're talking in terms. It's just another language, mm. and it maps completely perfectly onto this experience, just as the Zen language does. It's just mm. like different software. It's amazing. Once you have the experience, the words don't matter. That you can, you can access, you know, you can, you can come out from any. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they pop up now and again, and you go, wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The fact that I, I've come, just, no, I was just going to say I've come to really love a lot of the sayings in the gospel. Um, like there shall be time no longer. When he was asked uh, in the in the in the gospel stories, when he's the, the character of Jesus is asked, what, you know, what is the kingdom of heaven like? And he says, there shall be time no longer. That's so beautiful. Yes. And the other thing is, the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's our secret sign. Yeah. Oh, Bill, we already have we already have the the equivalent. Sorry, I'll just tell Bill this because he might not have heard it. Uh, in our group uh, in Perth, we have a secret handshake where we just put our hands past the other person's head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Would you mind repeating that? Uh, you froze out for a second and I didn't hear it. Oh, uh, sorry, yes. we. The, you know how the Masons have this secret handshake? I don't know what it is, a secret oh, okay. handshake. I thought it would be amusing to have a uh, headless secret handshake. So. Um, and, and it came out of uh, some experiments we did that Richard introduced at the last gathering where you actually take on board the fact that the other person is having the same experience to, as you of himself um, and you express that to that person. Um, it's like you, you don't have direct access to that, but you kind of have to give that person credit for having the same experience. And we do that, but, uh, you know, it's part of the theory of mind. In this case, it's the theory of no mind. <laughs> but um, uh, and this was just a shorthand way of doing that because when you when you do that, your hand goes past the other person's head, so you don't get the experience of your hand going into their void. But you kind of know that you kind of know that it is, and you have a confirmatory uh, thing coming, you know, past your head, and you can see their hand going into your void. So yeah, it's, it's a really great. lovely way of, of, hand, of the two. Instead of a handshake, it's yeah, it's a void <laughs> shake. You know, you just, and, and and it's lovely because you kind of uh, you, it's like. Instead of I, I, I instead of saying um, you know I acknowledge the God within or something like that, you just say good day. How do you do? Hi, <laughs> <Bye>, fine. <laughs> we could do the equivalent on screen by just doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey. <coughs> oh, the mark, oh my goodness, we could make some hats, couldn't we? Oh, don't go there. You told <laughs> Oh well actually there was a friend that came and saw me a week ago or so. I I mentioned him before, I think, but he was in a performance in London. He was over from Poland. And uh, he uh, came and visited me. And one of the things that uh, was very funny, he had never done the tube. So we did the tube together. 
gosh, it's such a brilliant thing. But um, he was saying that he was doing workshops with people. And in one of the workshops, he got his hat and he put it in the middle of the room. He said, this is a magic hat. And anyone who puts it on, uh, it will magically cover the whole universe. And uh, so people picked it up and put it on. And some had very, they didn't quite know, you know, they didn't really explain it. But when you put it on, you could see the brim coming out from the void. So it did cover the universe. And other people didn't, you know, didn't know what it was about. And there were a couple of people who refused to do it. <laughs> ah. So, uh, yeah. Bill, when you said we could make some hats, I said I instantly had an image of a square. It actually was, is a mirror surface with the face cut out <clears throat> that if you put on, the person looking at you would see <clears throat> themselves you know, reflected next to your face. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's more of a, a wimple than a hat, but yeah, I think that would work. Yes. <laughs> I was reading uh, Head of Stress and... Uh, the two chapters this week, one was on um, movement and the other was on uh, wealth. And the movement one, we all know, you do the turning one and the world moves and everything. But one of the things that Douglas invited you to do was to get a mirror, I've got a little mirrors, and hold it out and you see that your face moves around the ceiling and the floor and it's mobile and uh, you're still. And then I... Uh, that I don't remember doing before. I held it out at arm's length, you see. And then I did the turning experiment. And I could see my face there. And as I turned, the room was spinning by, and there was my Richard out there, and I was still here. It was really dramatic. Oh, by the way, I meant to mention there was a scene in The Hobbit where they did the tube inadvertently. The two characters were talking to each other through a, through a hole in the wall, and it, it shot from one character to the other, and all you could see was the character's face in the tube with the tube coming back to oh, the camera. Great. So, so when you go and see the, the, the latest Hobbit film, you can, you can look out for that scene. Okay. <laughs> How many have there been? That's uh, In The Hobbit series, that's the third one. So there have been two previous ones. So you know, I had, a, I had a thought the other day about, um, I, I can't quite make the connection of how I got there from what you said, except that it's movies and kids watching movies. Uh, and all these video games that the kids play where they have an avatar mm. and completely identify with the avatar and have the avatar running around killing and you know, exploding and, but, but, but actually feeling the emotions, you know, like when their mm. avatar is killed or when their avatar is in danger. It's a very short conceptual leap mm. to understanding that this, this is my avatar. Mm. Mm. And I suddenly felt very hopeful for all these kids who seem immersed in this game, that mm. it's such a short conceptual leap to fully understand that this is your avatar. Yeah, it's, it's, it's even better than that. Uh, it, 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 that's, that's wonderful, but there's also, in most games, you can choose between the third person and the first person view of, your, of the game, uh, and they actually call it that. So you can actually move. Some games are just caught, they're just in the first person. So you, know, you, you don't see yourself. You just see your arm or your legs or, you know, oh. you see, you know, the first person view. Okay. But there are other games where you look at yourself from behind and above, and that's the third person view. And you can swap between the two. That's and um, Both of those. So the are yeah. So the, the, the idea of what the first person view is is coming into our culture now through, through games. And also I was... Uh, I was doing a shoot with, a, with some people who hired hire out a drone to take pictures, you know, one of those little helicopter droney things, and we were taking pictures, and um, I was talking to the guy operating it, and he was operating it uh, in the third-person mode, and he said they have to do that uh, 
due to the uh, airspace laws, they have to keep the, the drone in line of sight. He said if he was allowed to, he wouldn't bother with that. He'd just put on a, a VR mask and just operate the drone from its own point of view, which you can also do. So, right. And he called that first-person first view. He said, I, I much prefer the first-person view when I'm flying. And I, I almost said, I much prefer the first-person view when I'm living. <laughs> <laughs> That was the thing that the first thing that um, Richard said when he was doing the talk uh, that really hammered home what we'd just done with the um, with the pointing. It was he said, "This is a first-person experience." And I suddenly realized that the pointing in the headless was, was kind of a way in, but what was really being pointed at was what, what am I like from my own point of view? I mean, it's so simple and so explosive and so direct. It's what all of the teachings are designed to get you to. And uh, it just, um, it's really not about not having a head because you can, people get argue about that. They say, of course you've got a head and blah, blah, blah. But really that's a, and you don't from your own point of view, you've got a universe instead of a head. But, the point is, what is it like to be you from your point of view? What's it really like? And why do we overlook that? You know, why have we been talked out of noticing that? That's very interesting. We've kind of it, uh, the ticket to socialization has been that we've had to suppress this this view of ourselves. It's very interesting. But and we, when you, uh, when you, yeah, I would say that we never identified it. It's mm. like when they, they say something dawns on you, and mm. this dawns. So it feels that way to me. That coming, mm. it's like a, one had to travel the circle mm. from no self through self back to self and no self. To reconnect with oneself at naught years old is mm. fabulous. I mean, that's another aspect of this. Mm. Mm. Yes, and I was a, a heavy innate, a participant in the socialization of a child during the our Christmas party, I had, for a six-year-old guest, I had sewn a beautiful dress for her. I mean, it was beyond a costume. It was a beautiful, it was, an, it was a complicated pattern. It was, it was a dress, um, a princess dress. <clears throat> and so she arrived dressed and wearing these little plastic shoes that aren't really meant for anything but dress up. But and wouldn't really stay on her feet, but I tied them on with ribbons so they would stay on her feet, and they were totally uncomfortable. But she was insisting on wearing them because it was part of, she was a princess, and these were her princess mm. shoes. <clears throat> and she's normally very shy, but uh, I said, oh, Violet, uh, come. They went you know, into the room, and she was shy, and I held out my hand. I said, but they want to see your dress. And so she realized, yes, it was important that she come. So she <laughs> held out her hand. Hand and I entered, and there's these two tall kids you know, in their 20s, they're six feet each. And I said, um, I would like to introduce Princess Violet to Lord Austin and Lord Ian. And she kind of shyly smiled, and I said, You may bow to Princess Violet, and they both bowed. <laughs> she was just in heaven, you know. <laughs> And then later on, I said to her, well, you can take your shoes off, Violet, because everyone's seen them now. Okay, she said, you know, and she took her shoes off. And then a few minutes later, she came racing like, like Cinderella at the ball, you know, into the room. Not everybody's seen them. Not everybody's seen them. <laughs> Two more people had arrived. <laughs> Shoes <laughs> back on, you know, so that they they would get the whole. You know, <laughs> it was just so delightful to see this um, no head taking on a head, you know, that of Princess Violet. <laughs> very sweet, but. <clears throat> So she's she's heading into it full bore. And, um, I I think it's uh, it's so useful to have the map of the four stages, isn't it? Uh, the baby, mm. the child, the adult, and the seer. Mm. 
and mm -hmm. uh, because uh, it places the seeing experience, which is, as Bill was saying, both the you know the baby and the adult, the you know mm -hmm. self and the self together. It places it as a natural development, mm -hmm. uh, and we're we're all we're all seeing here this open space, and we're also all adults uh, and self-conscious, and uh, the you know, what a what a natural thing it is for all of us to uh, kind of include this awareness of our true self in our lives now and explore what it's like to be the one being a person or a person being the one or something. Yeah, that's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think any of us have remotely thought that we might be coming to the end of that one. <laughs> I mean, that's for me. It's been no effort to keep with this because it it is just compared with being what you are for yourself. Nothing holds so much fascination and interest because it is it's it's our vital. That's our life, isn't it? That is truly our life is to be ourselves. What's it like? That's a good question. And the fact that all of us are uh, have. Uh, access to this, you know, total access, whenever we want, you know, they're for anyone on the planet. I mean, it, obviously, once you see it, you see everyone potentially can uh, explore this uh, Yes, condition. it completely takes away any sense of competition, um, even ego positioning. We want this for everyone. We want... Mm. Is for everyone. Mm. So that makes it so good that this is not this this group of people that we are at this moment. It's not an exclusive thing or not at, not all. at all. It's just we have looked and we have seen, and anybody can do that mm. right now and see the same thing and join this discussion and talk about their point of view. And, and mm. that's what I find so wonderful. Mm. Mm. And experience the great relaxation, the great mm. relief. Mm. Relief is the word that you know, I used constantly at the beginning of having this experience. What a relief mm. you know, to be unburdened by, as you say, Richard, this. Seven pounds of <coughs> churning. <laughs> <laughs> and but the non exclusive Sorry, you go ahead, Richard. Well, I was just saying that uh, each of us expresses it differently, and, uh, mm. uh, and that is understood, isn't it? As soon as you see this, you realize your understanding and uh, the way that you respond is going to be different from. Anybody else, really? What I find so great about those four stages also is that it clarifies that you don't need to get rid of what I am as a third person or I as a person or how I operate in the world with my character mm. and you know my past, my whole conditioning and the, the whole stuff. Because I had that misunderstanding for so long that something should be changed or you know I should be different and um, but uh, those two point of views exist together and uh, it's just that where I am really am is here and uh, that is this space but naturally when somebody's speaking to me he sees a woman and addresses it her like that and uh, mm. and that's fine um, that's just how, also how things are built. It's mm. not my creation. Of, I mean, that's just how it appears. Out of this space comes this body, and you guys see my head on the screen, and uh, I see it too. Quite amazing. Yeah. We don't need to be perfect uh, to see yes. this. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, really. <laughs> Thank goodness, yes. 
but I, I kind of relate that, you know, that, that also connects it to the non-exclusivity aspect of this, this the openness of it. Um, it. It means that, um, it means that there's no um, kind of special uh, conditions that, that we need to fulfill in order to have this. And, and I too, Karen, had the idea for a long time during my search that um, I had to be a certain way to see this properly. And uh, I got the impression, especially from, from the guru I was with, that, that enlightenment was like this incredibly precious flame that you'd somehow contain inside yourself and you'd carry it very, very gingerly and, and you'd have to look after it. And, and then if you, were very, if you were a very gifted person, you could maybe share it with one or two other people. And it was a, the whole way it was set up, the whole way it was just, you know, it was, it was a very exclusive thing. But, of course, his, his interest was to keep it exclusive, obviously, because that was the racket he had going. But when I saw this and saw how open it is and how free, that and, and, and that having it is not some special, precious it doesn't make you some precious special vehicle that you know that's got uh, you know incredible status of some kind. It's quite the opposite. You become less special than you were before in a way. <laughs> you know, I mean, you you realise that everyone's like you. you that everyone has the same inside story. It's extremely democratic, you know, and extremely it's very very exclusive. And that is an incredible relief. You know, it's like, it, and it's going to get on with its work through you. You know, at its own pace. You don't have to have a, a program or some kind of a. Oh, it's my destiny to do this, or I have to do that. Or, you know, it's just <laughs> keep noticing it and get on with your life and watch and and, and watch yeah. what happens. And amazing yeah. stuff happens. You know, it's the big one just does its does its thing. You know. I was with a, a really wonderful teacher a couple of weekends ago, and he was describing uh, an experience that he had of of, of awakening. And he said, you know, big deal. You stop beating your head against the wall. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> like, why is everyone thinking awake, being awake is so, like, oh, someday, somehow, you know. He said, great, I stopped beating my head against the wall. <laughs> How much <laughs> congratulations should I deserve for that? <laughs> but like you were saying earlier today, Sam, in another meeting we had, it's it's – Incredibly shallow. Everything <laughs> <else>. <laughs> because everything else in that direction you've got to dig for. You know, yeah. At least a little like a dog, scratch. But this is just like on the surface the whole time. <laughs> That's wonderful. It was so easy to find, it was easy to overlook. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yes. And it was our digging for it that made it, you know, I mean, you do think you have to dig. And we, because we project ourselves as a thing, we think we're a thing full of stuff. Right. And, and mm. there's, there's stuff on the inside and there's stuff on the outside. On. Yeah, and the stuff on the inside we've got to dig through in order to get this pearl that's buried in it somewhere. It's just such right. a and, and, You know, we've got to claw our way through this psychological cesspool in order to get to... Um, our true nature, and it, it's it's just so mad. And I then mean, the ego, you know, hi, hey, I've been digging for six years, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Well, I've been digging for six lifetimes, you know. Look, after a while, you get a bit of skin in the game, you know. You become a kind of career digger. Yeah, right. <laughs> what, kind of what kind of shovel are you using? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I've got I've got the best shovel actually. No, I've got a, I got a pick. What's, what's, what's the lineage of your pick? I want to know. Oh, well, Who was your pick's pick? It's hand hand forged in England. Right? Oh right. Yeah, <laughs> mine's made of mine's mine's made of elfin silver, and it was dug out of a mountain in Norway. So there you go. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'll bow to you then. That's that's more like it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it is amazing how that misconception of there being an inside and an outside <clears throat> to to you, you know, to to me, mm. uh, it sets up, it sets you up for for complete, you know, you can set you up for failure. You you can't make a correct step from that from that way of seeing things. Anywhere you go is wrong. Anything you do is going to be wrong. What would you say if I asked you, well? 
well, okay, but what about all my problems and you know that are not resolved and my anxiety yeah. and my fear? Sure. You know, we got four minutes to get through this one, Richard. Come on, what? we've got four minutes to get through that. Maybe that should be the topic of our next uh, hangout. Well, I, I would say about that 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 not the only way that that's ever going to resolve is if you stop seeing yourself full of, as a skin bag full of woe for a start. If you if you regard yourself as a kind of bag of trouble, uh, you're never going to get rid of all the trouble in you. It's going to keep coming. Mm. Whereas if you see that there's no inside and no outside, in other words, your your all of the stuff that you find problematic about yourself is out is 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 out there. It's 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 in the view out, and there's no there's no problem here. There's no stain from where you're looking. That changes the setup so radically. And it, it means that, that these things can start to sort themselves out organically. You know, you yes. don't have to. You can actually have the courage to face things squarely for the first time, which is all they're asking of you. All these things yeah. that come up, you know, all these terrors and, and, and depressions and and bad feelings and, and stress, all they're asking is to be is to see the light, you know. Just see me. Mm. It's so many so many fairy stories about this, you know. Uh, it's it's in our mythology that it's it's a deep clue that we've given ourselves that you don't need to do anything about this stuff. You just have to acknowledge it. You know? Someone mm. said uh, evil is just unacknowledged shadow and we just have to let the shadow come into the light. And who knows how long it's going to take or whose shadow it is. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, one, does one have a personal shadow or is there just shadow stuff that we're all working on as a kind of group project? I mean, who knows? It's great. It's a wonderful adventure. Sometimes it's deeply terrifying, but I don't mind. Yes, for, for me, the fear for all uh, those problems and things uh, is disappearing when I... And see who I am, mm. and I think the fear is is the is the most devastating thing there yeah. is. That's right. It's the contraction and and yes, and the, yes. You know, fear for for not that. not living up to expectations and things like that. <coughs> and they all exist in time. That's right. Exactly. They all have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Right. Unlike us, or this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you said, Bill, we're built right open. Eh? And yeah. so whatever comes, comes. And uh, that's also problems and stresses and, well, anything. It's part of life. Yeah. And, uh, yeah so and, and it, as a set of words, that can be challenged. And as an attitude, that can be challenged. But as an observation, it just happens mm. to be true. And, and that's yeah. the difference, that one rests in experience. And as Richard is always saying, this is a non-verbal experience. Mm. Yeah. And we're talking about it one hour now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's because it can't talk for itself. That's obvious. It's non-verbal. <laughs> so we help it. Yeah, we have to. Where it's where it's mouth. <laughs> it's talking to itself now. Yes, exactly. So, how has it been to hang out a bit together today? Pure bliss. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. Richard, you're going to archive this, right? It's going to be available on YouTube? Yes. I was yes. thinking it would be nice to send a link of it to all the people who have participated in the workshop we had here. Just as a nice new Yes. The, the two previous ones are on YouTube. I'll just keep adding them to our channel. So uh, mm. you know, you'll be able to find them uh, there. Uh, each one is different. and. Uh, the last one we had a, a subject in a way stress. This has been uh, no particular subject, so we can uh, play it by ear as we go along. So, uh, well, lovely to hang out with you all and have you all in this one space. Amazing, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and I just so appreciate the kind of um, 
what we've got really this way in that's true pure love to me yes pure love pure love well lots of love to you all and uh, i will edit this and put it online and we'll thank, thank you thank you Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the Headless Way and the work of Douglas Harding, or to join in on one of our weekly online meetings, please visit www.headless.org.